you guys have picked a great day to be in God's house. As you just witnessed that video, we are celebrating four years today since we have launched the campus. And as Pastor Jessica said, it's really kind of crazy to think it's been four years. It feels like it's been fast and slow all at the same time, right? All my parents can get an amen, right? It's like the days go by slow, but the years and the months just fly by. And so God has been so faithful to us, so faithful to us. And we are so blessed as a church. We are blessed in the community that we are in. We're blessed with the body of believers that we have. That, that call Liberty Church their home. And so before we get into the message today, I wanted to do something special. If you are one of our seven pillar leaders today, or you were here that very first Easter when we launched four years ago, I want you to go ahead and stand. Don't be shy. And I'm not asking you to stand so we can say, hey, look at you. I'm saying to stand so we can say, hey, look at God. Amen. Amen. And uh, thank you so much. Look at all these folks standing. I want you to stay standing for a second. I just want you to hear me. I want you to know... That me and Pastor Jessica love you. Amen. Amen. And if, if we don't tell you that enough, we're sorry. And we love you and we are so thankful for all that you do. And that you call Liberty Church your home. And we really do preach faith and family. And we want you to know that you are part of our forever family. Amen. Amen. And, and just thank you so much for being with us. Amen. Amen. Give them one more big hand. Y'all may see. <clears throat> Amen. I want to do one more thing also before we dive in. We got Pastor Keith and Kelly, our senior pastors. Y'all stand. And uh, y'all love Pastor Keith and Kelly, right? And so none of this is possible without God, right? But none of this is possible without them and their hearts and their vision. And so it took a lot of faith to do this four years ago. Well, probably five years ago is really when the ball got rolling. So I just wanted to say we love you, Amen. and we thank you for believing not just in, in God and in yourselves and in the vision, but believing in us. And so thank you so much for believing in us. We love you. Amen. Give them a big hand. <clears throat> Praise God. So God has done a lot. Somebody say a lot. In four years, but he's not done yet. Amen. He's not done yet. So that leads me to the title of our message today. And the title of our message is today, Are We There Yet? Y'all say that with me. Are we there yet? Give a sigh if you want. <sighs> right? Tell your neighbor if you got one. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Put that in the chat. And so as I was just praying and seeking God these last couple weeks, and as we get ready to celebrate today, and we're going to celebrate, we're going to party hard for Jesus today after service. Also, and today in, in and throughout service, just asking what God wanted to say, what God wanted to speak to us today, and I feel like it's a personal message, and really for those of us that have been running and serving and praying and believing, and at the end of the day, the enemy comes in and he wants us to question, is God really working, right? Is God really doing? Is why come we're not seeing the growth that we, we believed in four years ago? We're seeing growth, guys. He's doing things. He, he's setting us up, right? And so I'm real excited to, to bring the message to you today, and I'm real excited what God wants to, to say to us. And we have to, we have to trust that God has everything that we need. Do you believe God provides? 
right? And so if you find yourself in a place where you're, you're doubting God or you're struggling to see if God is still working and still speaking and still moving, you've got to know that God is a provider. He has everything that we need. Our God, he, he's above everything else. And so he, he has all the resources that you need personally, spiritually, relationally. As we're talking about the church today, he has all the resources that we need. He has all the resources that we need, and he wants us to trust in him and in his provision. He has everything that we need to accomplish what he asked us to accomplish. Guess what? The mission and the plan for Liberty Church Holly Pond is exactly the same today. Somebody say today. As it was four years ago when God said. Right? The mission ain't changed. God's plans ain't changed. He still wants us to bring the gospel and the hope of Jesus Christ to the community of Holly Pond, the mission of Liberty Church, to reach out and to raise up, right? To win souls, disciple, right? Destroy the works of the devil. The mission hasn't changed, and God has everything that we need, even though maybe if you've been serving faithfully for four years and your team hasn't grown, right, and you're doing the work every week, God says, stay faithful. I have everything that you need. Are we there yet? No, we're not yet, but we're getting close, right? We're getting close, and God, and I'm going to backtrack for just a second before we look at our foundational scripture. I don't want to set an expectation today that says there's this magical destination (laughs) that we are going to arrive at, right, where everything's just going to be comfy and cozy and, and, and gravy. That is not faith. That is not living for Jesus, right? There's, there's no magical place that God wants to take us to and then just get us to stop. That's not what I'm talking about today. But there is a place, I believe, that we're very close to called a place called breakthrough. Yeah, and I believe we're very close to getting through breakthrough. And God often shows up right at the 12th hour. Right? So don't give up now and don't jump ship. That's trust and believe God. Look at Luke chapter 11. This is really where the Lord brought me the last couple weeks as I was just praying and asking God what he wanted to say today. And I'm talking about we can trust that God provides, right? So look what he says here. This is Jesus in chapter 11. We're going to read verses 9 through 13. Jesus said, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. Does that sound good? Right? That sounds good. Right? Look what what else he says. Look at verse 11. So if a son asks for bread from a father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No, right? So if then you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? You know what I love about God's Word? There are levels. There's a depthness to God's Word. An early Christian, a a baby Christian, may look and read that verse, and maybe even you here today see that verse, and you say, he who seeks, he who knocks, shall find, shall be given to them. That sounds good. And if we're not careful, if there's not, we don't see the depthness of God's word and what he really wants to say, you'll see God's word as, oh, what I can get. Right? If I serve God, then I can get all this stuff. If I serve God, then he'll give me the things. 
But there's a depthness to God's word. Before all of that, you have to be a seeker of God's kingdom. Seek first the kingdom, it says. Jeremiah 29, 11 says God has a plan and a purpose for good and for hope, right? But when, he says, you search for me, seek for me wholeheartedly, then you'll find me. And so as we are trying to grow this church, as we are trying to take Jesus to the ends of the earth, to the ends of Holly Pond, between Arab and Holly Pond, those good things are available if you first seek his kingdom. We have to be a people of daily relationship, daily prayer, daily fundamentals of the faith. Because if we don't do that, guess what happens? This is what we're going to talk about today. We get discouraged. We get depressed. We begin to question, did God say? We begin to question our gifts and our talents and the mission and the vision and the provision of God. God provides. And I would like to ask, if you were any of those folks that stood up, or if you're here visiting today and you're looking for a home church, I want you to know we would love to have you. And I want to invite you to every single day seek and pray, knock, on behalf of Liberty Church, Holly Pond. Because if you say, well, Pastor Ian and Pastor Jessica, that's your job. Do we pray for this church? Every day. But if you're just dependent on our prayers, there's something wrong with you. Sorry if I stepped on your toes. But this church is beyond us and beyond Pastor Keith and Pastor Kelly. The church is a living, breathing body of believers. Look at your physical body. Think if you lost, I like my body the way it is. I could lose a few pounds. But I need my, my pinky finger, I need my toes, I need my arm. I need, I'd hate to miss any of them things. And so you are a part of the body of Christ. When you're missing, guess who suffers? The body. If I lose my finger, Ian's body's going to suffer. I like all my fingers. Deeper than that, I love you. I love your soul. This church needs your gifts. This church needs your service, and there's a place for you, right? If you want to serve, come see me. <laughs> come see Pastor Jessica. We will get you plugged in, amen? So look at that first point for today. It says, God has everything, y'all say that with me, everything that we need. We don't need to question his methods, his timing, or where he is taking us if we can remain faithful and persistent, we will see God move and see Him answer our prayers. God provides for the plan. We don't need to question His timing. God, this has been four years, and it's not what I expected. Is God still in charge? He sure is. Guess what? If you can read God provides for the plan then you got to remember, his plan ain't your plan. <laughs> God says in Isaiah that his ways are higher than yours and mine. Imagine that, the king of kings. Thoughts and ways higher than our own. That's why we need Jesus. So 
We trusted God when he spoke four years ago. Why do we feel like we're maybe struggling or doubting or it's not, it's not going the way that we planned? And that's because God's plan always looks different than our plan. And we have to trust that he, he spoke and that he said what he said. We can trust that God provides. It says when we seek, when we ask, when we knock, he shall receive because God gives. And God has a plan and God knows because God's the Father. God sees what the Son can't see. Your plans for the church is, well, we need to do this. Or we ain't doing this enough. Or you know what, Pastor Ian and Jessica just knew about this. Your plans. God sees what you don't see. And so he is positioning his church, positioning its leaders, positioning its members, if we're first seeking the kingdom of God, to a place of victory. There is a childlike faith that God calls us to. I believe that God wants to call us to, to believe and trust like no other. The father sees what the son doesn't see. I want to share a story. Our oldest, Xander, he's about to be three already. But one of his favorite things to do is we take him to this place called Let's Play Huntsville. And we take him about, what, once a month? And all we have to do is that day before we leave, when we get ready to load up in the car, it's like he senses something's going on. And if we say, hey, Xander, we're going to go to the Let's Play Huntsville, he's like, seriously, he runs, he gets his babies, his little stuffed animals, he gets his shoes, he's ready to go, he gets everything. We get in the car, and guess what? He is super excited and super well-behaved all the way till we get about 10 minutes before our destination. Can I stop and preach for a second? All of us are, are just like Xander in a lot of ways. You were so excited when we launched the campus. It was the brand new toy. It was going to be fun and, and cake and gravy and awesome. And we're going to give you some responsibilities. And guess what it didn't turn out? As you thought, I guess what took a little longer than you thought, and you're about to lose your cool 10 minutes before God says, come on, somebody, we're 10 minutes from getting to our destination, and about 10 minutes before we get to Let's Play Huntsville, guess what Dad has to do? He's got to pull out that corny line, and Xander can't actually say, are we there yet? But in his own three-year-old self, he's saying, Dad, are we there yet? Dad, are we there yet? Dad, are we there yet? And any parents in the house, you've said the cheesy line, right? We are almost there. We're close. And he settles down for a little bit. He settles down. We're almost there. We, as soon, if you know where Let's Play Huntsville is, it's, it's right on university, right when you get to that light when you're going to pull into like Target, you know, five and below in that place. And Let's Play Huntsville is way in the back. As soon as we get to that light, guys, he knows where he is. And the whole trip is worth it just for that moment. When we pull into the parking lot, he starts going nuts. He starts clapping. He's like, yeah, we're always in here. He's like, yeah, yeah, because he's going to play in there just like Blippi does. You know who Blippi is? For, he could stay in there for 12 hours and play. He knows his life's about to be amazing. And it makes it as a parent so awesome to give him those things. As we just read, if you evil know how to give good gifts, how much more does my father know how to give? good gifts. And the Holy Spirit dealt with my heart this week, and he said, Ian, if it brings you that much joy as an earthly father to give your son that awesome gift, just imagine how excited I am when you pull up to that doorstep of that unanswered prayer. There's going to be a party. The Father is going to rejoice over us. 
God has everything we need to answer the prayers that we are praying. And when you get there, you're going to be just like Xander. You and I are going to be just like Xander. And that childlike faith that says, you know, when Xander's in the car with, with mom and dad, he doesn't question where we're going. He's committed to the ride, right? He's going where mom and dad are going. He doesn't have to worry about what he eats. We're going to feed him. We're going to change his diaper like 30 times a day. He's committed to the family, to the process, because he doesn't have any other choice. What's happened is a lot of us, we've done grown up. We've come to this place where we think that we know better, and you know a better route than God. We need a childlike faith that's committed. Because guess what? If you're committed to God, you don't have to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, where we're going to go. Because if you're in God's car, we've preached before, is Jesus in your car? It's backwards. Are you in God's car? Because if you're in God's car, guess what? You're going to go where he's going. And as a church, that's where we're at. As a family, as personally, that's where I want to be, where God is going. Amen? So look at that next point. It says, worry is the product of self-sufficiency over God-dependency. Worry happens when we seek our ways over God's. If we can seek God first, we can have peace in the midst of the journey. I want to open that and package that thought here in a second, but I want to read Matthew 6, 31-34 first. Look what it says. It says, therefore, do not worry, it says, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows what you need. He knows that you need all these things. But first, there it is, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry, says it a second time, about tomorrow. For today will worry about in its own things, sufficient for the day in its own trouble. When you see God as your provider, you can have victory in the worrisome places. You can have victory in the waiting place. And that's what I want to talk about today too. But so as we just read that point, it says worry is the product of self-sufficiency over God-dependency. What happens when we, when we engage in worrisome thoughts, worrisome behavior? We trust ourselves before we trust God. We depend on our own gifts, on our own provision, on our own ideas, on our own plans. In a roundabout way, that's what sin is. Doing your path over God's path. Lord, show me worry is sin. And so I'm not saying we can't experience worry. You're going you're gonna to worry about your kids. You're going to have doubts. You're going to have questions. But when those, those thoughts come, do you entertain them? Or do you put on the, the helmet of salvation, so to speak, and declare the mind of Christ and, and take captive those thoughts, right? Amen. And speak life and speak hope and, and seek God. When you seek God, you'll see that he provides. That even though you're waiting, even though that you're, you're in trouble or you're in a discouraging place, if you seek God first, you'll see that he has everything that we need. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. 
If we seek God first, we can have peace in the midst of the journey. So we're not there yet. You say, Pastor Eden, you say, we're close. We're close. And we can have peace while we're moving to the place God is taking us. Because this is what worry does. Worry is a robber. It kills and steals tomorrow. It robs tomorrow by killing your now, by killing your today. How do you secure tomorrow? Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. You secure tomorrow by dealing with today. Y'all follow along with me, right? How do, you, how do you take care of today? You better be in prayer. You better be in your word. You better declare hope and peace and joy over yourself, over your family. Because if you forget to do that pinnacle first essential step, you're going to live in worry. You're going to live in doubt. You're going to be... You're going to be wallowing in shame, wallowing in pity, wallowing in sorrow. Why do I got to do this? I've, I've been believing for this long. Don't worry about today, it says, because there's enough troubles in today of itself. God wants us to enjoy the season of where you are today. He wants us to enjoy the season where we're at as a church. I've heard the greatest coach of all time, Mr. Nick Saban, all you Aubies, you, you know it's true too. He says this all the time to his players. Be where your feet are. If you can commit where you are in that moment, then you can seal victory over yourself. See, because if you're, if you're, if you're at home, dads, after you just got home from work, and you're thinking about what happened for that day or what's going to happen the next day, what happens? Worry steals your moment with your family. Be where your feet are. If, if, if you're at work and you're, you're daydreaming about being somewhere else, guess what happens? Worry robs you of your best work at work. God wants us to enjoy the journey of our lives and of our faith. So don't waste your waiting. And that was good preaching. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't hear that. I said, so don't waste your waiting. Are you wasting your waiting today? See, every one of us is waiting for something. That's the hope of life. There's always something to look forward to. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't let the waiting kill your now. Don't let the waiting cause your family to suffer or you to suffer or the church to suffer. Take captive of your waiting and make something useful of it. How do you prepare for that thing that you're waiting for? I know Pastor Jessica shares this in her testimony all the time when she was single and she had been in and out of a lot of bad relationships. Those are her words, not mine. And when she was single and she said, no, God, I'm going to do it your way, she didn't waste her waiting. She read every single book that she could read on relationships and godly dating. She sought advice from her own parents and she actually listened. And she was seeking God first, seeking the kingdom first, above all else, and everything else was added to her. Yeah, I'm a pretty good husband. <laughs> Little did she know, before we met, I was doing the exact same thing in my own way. We were both seeking God first. We didn't allow the waiting to go to waste. We allowed God to manifest all the good things in us so that when the provision came, we could handle it. 
See, if God answered that prayer for that thing you're waiting for right now, you may not be strong enough huh, to handle the blessing. God sees what the son don't see. And so you're waiting and you think he's saying no, but God's just saying not now. Not yet. We're almost there. You're almost there. You're close. You're close. Right? Look at, look at John 13, or excuse me, John 16, 33. See, when you seek God first, guess what happens? You actually meet with God. And when you actually meet with God, guess what you see? He can't fail. But if you don't seek God first, you don't get to meet God. And if you don't meet God, you don't get to know that his victory is yours. So look what Jesus said. Y'all know this one. It's, it's a famous, world-renowned scripture, right? I have told you these things so that in me, not in you, not in your own plans, not in your own thoughts, in your own ways, in me, he says, you may have, there's that magical word that we are all running and chasing after, real peace, right? Peace in this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world in troubles and in waiting. I don't want to add word to God's word, but troubles, a lot of our troubles come from that waiting place, the worrisome place. In the troubles, in the tests, in the trials, in the doubts, in the bad days, you can have victory because Jesus says so. Do you believe that Jesus is a liar? Is that anybody in here? If Jesus don't lie, then why can't you buy in? Now, I'm not saying it's going to feel good 100% of the time. Paul said, every day I crucify myself. Sacrifice in the waiting place. Sacrifice in every season. We will always have to lay down our lives and take up God's life. But guess what? There's no resurrection power and provision if Jesus doesn't first die, he had to go to the cross to die so that there's resurrection life. And that resurrection life is for you and for me. And when you die to self, guess what happens? Come on, can I preach this Holy Spirit? Resurrection life and peace. But you have to first die to yourself. Look at that next point. And you need the Holy Spirit, resurrection, power, life, and peace. Because without it, you ain't going to make it. Without God's peace and without his victory, the waiting period will defeat you. We'll talk about that in a second. Waiting presents opportunity, right? When you're in the gap of the blessing and the thing you're praying about, what happens? The enemy comes in, right? You better guard your heart. You better guard your mind because then that's when there's an opportunity to second guess God. Second guess what he said. Second guess even the calling on my life. When doubt comes, you have to dig in. When doubt comes, you got to dig in. And doubts are going to come. How, how do you survive the waiting period? You got to dwell in his presence. This is what we do, though. We don't dwell on his presence. We just go ahead and cozy on up and dwell on our problems. Didn't go the way I planned. This is really hard, God. I've been praying and believing for a whole day, God. 
for a whole week, God, for a whole year, and my spouse is still the same, dwelling in the problem. You have to seek first the kingdom. As seek and knock, all the good things come. If you don't dwell in his presence, the waiting period will defeat you. When we launched this campus four years ago, we had a ministry team of between 15 and 20 people. <clears throat> and right now as it stands, there are only four of us that were on that original team that still come here and call this our church and are still serving. I'm not saying that all those people just left. Life happens. People have kids. You know what? You commit to something and we miss it, right? But there's no chance that all of them, 100%, were in that boat. What happened? The waiting period defeated them. And so if you're here today and you're waiting, don't let that defeat you. Because we're close. You're close. You're almost there. You're about to get to celebrate like little Z. But don't jump. Ship. Ministry has attrition, y'all. Caring for souls is the hardest thing on earth. But it's the biggest blessing of our lives. We've been through some stuff in four years with our leadership teams, with people that we love and care about, losing loved ones, praying for people to live and they die, having to walk with people that you love, go through that. Counseling sessions with people you call friends, those are always fun. But I care for people's souls. And it's the hardest thing I do, but it's the most rewarding thing I do. And so in the waiting period, you got to dig in. When doubt comes, you got to dig into his word, dig into his vision, dig into what God said, dig into your calling. Because if you don't dig in, guess what? You'll just be uprooted. You've got to stay excited. Remember how excited you were when that we launched the campus? We can, we can stay excited for all the new things, right? The, ni- the nice shiny new toy until, guess what? The next new shiny toy comes along. Are you chasing shiny new toys? Or are you chasing the vision of God, which is caring for souls? In the waiting place, you've got to remember why. What's your why? Why is Liberty Church your home? Why do you serve at Liberty Church? You, you got to remember your why. You got to remember the mission. Why am I doing this every single Sunday? Y'all need to give up. Tina and Dick are not in here today. They weren't in here. <laughs> taking care of your kids today. Not just taking care of, not just babysitting. Taking care of their souls. And guess what? They only get to sit in here and have church maybe once a month. More like maybe once every two months. They need some help. And when I pray for my teams, the Holy Spirit always shows you, you know, a gauge, a pulse on your team and your leaders. And they've been running a race, y'all. And it would break my heart if they come to me one day and say, you know what, this is just too much. I'm not saying they would do that. They, they are gold. They are gold. You know what? But I bet they, if you ask them, I bet they, they got to remind themselves of the why, of the vision they got to remind themselves of the value of those kids, especially in CR. 
when we, when we have CR on Friday night, some of those kids coming from addiction, the best, the best week of their life is coming here to get a meal and to get loved on and to get spoken truth. Some of those kids don't want to go home at the end of the night. You got to remember, remember the why. And you got to dig in when doubt comes. I love what Paul says, not Paul, excuse me, David. Look what David writes in Psalms 27, 13 through 14. When doubt comes, you got to dig in. It sounds like David was in a waiting place. But look what he says. Look how he starts. I remain confident. Y'all say that with me. Confident in this, he says. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, he says. He says, wait. There's that word. Highlight that word. Underline that word if you're following along today. Wait for the Lord, he says. Right? Be strong and take heart. And he says it again. And wait on the Lord. Confidence has to come in the waiting place. And you don't get confidence if you don't first seek God. And if you can have the confidence in God, you'll be able to wait. Because you'll say, you know what? God said. God gave. God spoke. God provided then. He'll provide now. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I'm going to continue to wait on the Lord. That confidence can be ours. Confidence in God is how we successfully make it through the waiting place. Look at the next point. Confidence comes by knowing who you are. David knew who he was, and he knew even greater who his God was. Knowing who we are and doing what God has called us to do is essential to the mission of the gospel and success of the church. If you don't know who you are, you won't do what God's called you to do. And if you can't do what God's called you to do, the mission of the gospel in the world suffers. And the mission in the church suffers. I told you our mission statement to reach out and to raise up. Reach out to a hurting, broken world and raise those folks up in truth and in the love of Christ. And then just don't stop and pat them on the back and say, praise God, you said a prayer today. Now we want to equip them. We save their souls, we disciple their souls, and destroy the works of the enemy, the attacks on their life. But if you don't know who you are, you don't get to have the confidence. And the confidence comes from daily relationship. You have everything that you need in Christ. I hope that doesn't sound corny or cheesy, because that's a statement that we just sling around in church, right? I have victory in Jesus. Yeah, and then we go to but, 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 but. Some of y'all just did that. Yeah, but you just don't know the pain. You just don't know what life is like at, my, at home. You just don't know the, the issue. I don't, but he does. And if you can bring it to him and get on board and get in God's car, he will take you in the right Direction. When you know your identity in Christ, you begin to see that your life has purpose. A man who doesn't have hope or purpose will perish. That's the mission of the gospel because we know the hope. We know the light of Christ. Because you've experienced that. God calls you to go share that. That's the mission of the church. For us to, to tell other people that their life has meaning, that their life has purpose, that we don't just love them, but that God loves them. God died for them so that they could have purpose, so that they could have life, so that they could have promise. 
Look at 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. How do you begin to know who you are in the sight of God? God calls you chosen. Did you know that? But it says in verse 9, you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Has anybody been called out of darkness? Don't be shy. He drug me out of darkness, y'all. He drug me out of darkness. And hey, I didn't even necessarily want to leave, to be honest with you. Oh, y'all don't lie in church. Some of y'all was very comfortable in your darkness. But when Jesus Christ, with his strong right arm, drug you out of your pit, and you experienced light, and you experienced life, and he drug you out of the darkness, that was a good day. Right? He says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. People of God of Liberty Church. I know we got a lot of Arab folks here today. Thank you so much for coming. People of God of Liberty Church, Holly Pond. You are a people of God. So guys, let's act like it. Let's stop wallowing in pity. Let's, let's buy into the vision. Let's buy into Pastor Keith and Kelly's vision. Let's buy into what God has said and spoken over this church. And be the light of the gospel, the light and the hope into a dark place, into the dark world. If we've experienced who Jesus is. Jesus died so that they could have life. Look at that last point for today as we wrap up. This is what I want you to leave with today. Since you are chosen, does anybody doubt that you're chosen? I, I, we just read it. And those aren't my words, okay? Those are God's words, right? Because we're chosen, we're called to keep going. I love how Pastor Jessica prayed over the offering. We celebrate four years, but in the next four years. In the next four years. Guys, we're four years old. We're like a toddler getting ready for pre-K as a church. Right? We are just little toddlers. And so we've, we've mastered walking. We've mastered some talking. But guess what? We can't compare ourselves to others who've been there, done that. Sometimes I feel like our folks compare ourselves to the Arab campus. Can I get real for a second? The Arab campus is about to celebrate a quarter century of ministry, right? When you turn 25, you get the keys to a car, and you get a good job, and you get a degree, right? You wouldn't give your four-year-old a set of keys and say, all right, go drive, right? we got to master some stuff. But God, he's with us. On the flip side of that, y'all, hey, red folks, y'all don't judge us either. If, if we're not as successful as you thought we was going to be, we're four. Right. We ain't 25. Right. One church, one vision, but we're in different seasons, praise God. Hey, and we need your prayers too. And thank you so much for coming and celebrating with us. Y'all, I didn't finish the rest of that statement. It says, so are we there yet? No, but we're close. Y'all say that with me. No, but we're close. Did you receive it? Right? We're close, the close to breakthrough. I'm confident we're headed in the right direction. Guys, we're not going to ever arrive, but there is a destination of breakthrough that I believe we're close. We're close, we're close, we're close. And as long as we keep Jesus Christ, our compass, our navigator, we're going to make it. Right? If we ever get off on something that's not truth or something that ain't right, y'all correct us. Right? Because my, that's my heart, that's my vision that we're doing what God said. We're going where God said. Yeah, and like I said, his vision is the same today as it was four years ago. Amen. Right? But if we as a church keep Jesus Christ as our compass, we're going to get there. Amen. Right? We're going to get there. As we get ready to close, I want you all to join me in prayer. However you like to do that. And just get still in his presence. Just listen to my voice. And uh, 
I know I've talked a lot about the church today. And that's good and that's well. But I feel like there's somebody here that maybe your relationship with God right now is not in the greatest state or in the greatest place. So I never want to preach a message without giving somebody the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And everything has a starting place. Everything has a moment in time where God begins to work. And if you're here today, either watching us online or in our sanctuary, and Jesus Christ is not your spiritual compass, I want to change that. you got to invite Jesus into your life. Does Jesus Christ have a say in your life? A say in where you go? A say in what you say? A say in how you conduct life and what you do? If he doesn't have a say, then he's not your compass. He's not your God. You're your God. And I feel like somebody here wants to change that today. If you want to make Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior, you want to make him your compass. Right now as we all pray for the lost world, we're actually praying for you. If that's you today, if God's dealing with your heart, Right now, there's no shame in this place. I want you just to stand up. Have the faith right now to stand up to say, I'm not perfect, God, but I, I believe that you are. I need you to come in and transform my life, transform my thoughts, transform my ways. God, I need you. If that's your prayer today, God, I need you. I'm going to give you a few moments to stand up right now. Don't let this moment pass you by. If you're joining us online, put something in the chat. Please let us know if you're making that decision. Care if you're watching this a week from now, if you're not even watching this live, put something in the chat for us. We want to pray for you. Amen. 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 I want to lead us all in a prayer. Y'all repeat after me loud and proud today. Because somebody's making this prayer today. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We believe in you. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sins and send your Holy Spirit to redeem my future until you call me home. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Good stuff. Who's glad you came to church today? Hey, we're glad you came too.